Welcome to the Collective Studios podcast called Today I Learned. This month, we asked some of our guest professionals to speak about their path to UX design. These are their stories. In this episode, we hear from Candice Yee, who is a professional UX designer and mentor at Career Foundry. So my first break was with the company called Fluid Designs. They were a small UX agency in San Francisco. Um, We were a complete remote team, so I was still able to work in Toronto. I did fly out to San Francisco to meet the team. And this was kind of my first take also with learning how to work with other UX designers. Um, So it was a very different kind of feel and workflow that I had to to kind of um, adapt to. But it was great because you learned to handle like feedback, you learned to handle different ways of how other designers work as well. So you're kind of merging your workflows with theirs. And so we did a lot of different projects and just honing in on our UX skills together. And so with Fluid Designs, I think um, it was a really great opportunity to get that exposure to remote working as well. And it's definitely played a part now since I work completely remote at the moment. And, but on like a personal level, I felt like I, I needed to travel. Like that was just my calling. I needed to kind of get away and just get some international experience. And so I decided to go to Australia and I didn't have a job lined up. Um, I was on a work visa and I thought any kind of experience I would have done, I just wanted to give myself a chance to do some kind of design UX experience, give myself that opportunity. And I thought, you know, like it's, I had had nothing to lose, but everything to gain. So whether I was doing design work or anything else, I would be totally open. I just needed to kind of get some different kind of experience outside of uh, Toronto. And so that was actually what I thought I would be doing. I thought I was going to be farming and just getting that like Australian experience. And um, that's kind of what I forecasted, but I gave myself a chance to, you know, explore the digital space. And so I, I did some research. I looked into like conferences, networks, um, other events that they have with UX. So making a lot of connections, talking to recruiters, making new friends and learning as I go, just to kind of understand what kind of companies are out there, what kind of roles um, they play. Maybe it's very different from what's happening in North America and take it as kind of like a social event as well because it's a chance for me to kind of break out of my shell and um, kind of get a different experience. So I thought that was a good opportunity to kind of figure out what um, the the tech industry is in, in Melbourne specifically. And so this was kind of like where I did it all, like the coffee shops, right? Like I had to find the job, the pressure's on and really look for a job. And so this was maybe one of my parts where I was like struggling a little bit. And, but this is what I remember. So that's why I took this photo is just to kind of 
remember these times that you know the the stress is on um constantly searching for a job and so i think it's good to also document some of these hardships as well and when you look back and you reflect um it definitely makes you grow and kind of makes you reflect on things in your life that you know you overcame and so my first job is from with snooze which is a furniture e-commerce um company and so that's kind of the office that i had and they are a brick and mortar shop but i worked mostly digital and i i loved the team and i loved working here i was working with the digital team very small um worked very closely with the product team as well and some of the things that i really liked was that we also had different vendors and different parties that we would affiliate the company with so um learning to work with different teams i think was a very cool way of branching out some of my skill sets and so this is kind of like a mock up that i did it's not on the website but this was a proposed product landing page and um so i did this mock up for their mattress and furniture page here and this is where i think i started to really hone in on deciding what did i like about ux what's the element that i really wanted to um take and you know go with so i like the the storytelling component to a product so then it kind of helped shape some of i some of my ideas of like where do i want to grow as a ux designer based off of what i like in my current role And so just things like that I think I started to pick up on on things that I what I like, what kind of workflow I like, what kind of industry do I want to be in. So things like that I think um kind of spiraled out because at the beginning I didn't know what I wanted to do and I had to like there are a lot of trials and errors and a lot of things that I I had to see for myself what I liked. Um it's kind of like a quote that I have like I don't know what I don't know. So for me I I need to see what <laughs> I need to see and I need to experiment before I kind of understand that maybe this isn't for me or this is for me. So I I loved working at Snooze. I thought that was such a great opportunity and a great um experience in Australia. Um unfortunately once my visa was over, I relocated um to Malaysia actually and the reason I chose Malaysia was because I do have some family there um totally did not plan on it I didn't have a job <laughs> and I thought I would give myself like I gave myself like 6 months to kind of find a job and worst case I just come back to Toronto and see what happens but just because I was already in that part of the world I figured I might as well give it a shot and so I kind of did the same things where I attended a bunch of conferences design talks and a lot of meetings with design leaders and so it was an interesting opportunity to kind of see how the UX market is in Malaysia as well because it's very different from North America and even Melbourne or Australia. Um there is a need for UX but it's not as prominent so I think there was a lot of um 
discussion on how do I bring the awareness of the importance of UX to Malaysia. And so some of these conferences were not specifically with UX, but it was more within like the design space. Um, and then there's one for with Google DevFest. And so there was a bunch of them that I attended just to kind of understand the market and who's in the industry and some of their talks. And so I applied to a lot, a lot of companies and these were the bigger ones. And, um, like I was burning out. It was, the process was quite, um, tiring. It's not just the applications, but then going into the workplaces and then having the whole take home test, you know, maybe there's two versions that they want to see it becomes very exhausting. So I was kind of burning out a little bit, just applying, but these were the bigger ones. I think, um, that were a bit more popular in Malaysia. And so these were the ones that I applied to. And, but on the other side, I also decided to create a meetup group for, um, UX designers in Kuala Lumpur, so Malaysia. And what we would do is kind of get together, very casual, just have coffee. I wanted to learn more about the industries and what better way than, you know, like talking to people face to face and understanding where they're coming from and what kind of needs are needed in the design space. So kind of had a bunch of um, events and so this was a bit nerve-wracking for me because uh, I'm a bit of an introvert so just really stepping out of that comfort zone and creating this was it was a lot but I think it was fulfilling and I think even if I help one person I feel like I did something right and I met a bunch of people and we're now friends so I think it was worth it I think it was a great way to to also network and um, see see what's out there, right? Um, unfortunately, I met a girl there and she talked about how her agency was hiring. So it was a good opportunity for me to kind of pitch an email to the agency. And I eventually got it, I got the job. Um, it was for Lion and Lion, so I was the UX lead here. And so that's the office right over there. And um, I just thought this was a really cool photo to have. They have like the signature logo here. Um, so it was very different in the sense that I was primarily just a UX. And so in my previous roles, I did a bit of UI or I did some like visual um, elements to websites but this one seemed to be just more on like the ux and strategy so slightly different worked really closely with graphic designers on how to elevate their their websites or their mock-ups to be a bit more ux focused so doing some mentoring guiding and doing some client facing work as well. So doing proposals for clients in terms of best website initiatives and strategies for them. So that was a very different 
cultural experience overall, but I think that helped me grow as a designer just to see what other um, kinds of UX strategies are needed in different parts of the world. I think um, it's very different in different parts of uh, places in the world. So I think um, this was a great opportunity for me to just kind of hone in on that. And after Lion and Lion, I was brought back to Toronto uh, in 2020. And that was um, during the COVID. And so I had to kind of come back to Toronto and I was still freelancing with a project in Malaysia, but with like circumstances, I decided that I really needed to think about you know, the stability and the work of staying in Canada and Toronto. And so I did apply to a few places just to kind of start off. Um, fortunately, I, I got a job at a consulting firm. And it's, I, I work mainly as like a UX UI designer, but it's very, it differs between projects. So some of these projects range from agriculture to financial to the insurance space um, and it could be softwares websites demos so it's it kind of varies um, and so the process is it's different as well with the workforce and so right now we're very agile so we do things very quickly um, we try to get changes in very quickly the developers have to really do have their sprints done and so we want to make sure that everything is set for the client and on the flip side i also do part-time mentorship with um, career foundry so currently have uh, 20 plus students and what i guess as a as a mentor is i want to make sure the students are ready to apply for jobs that they're skilled and they're ready to start applying for UX jobs and their portfolio is um, job ready. And so I think just looking back on my career, just I feel like this is kind of like a full circle moment, just seeing, you know, the progression as I got to a certain state. And now it's kind of like I'm helping each um, student. So I think it's very fulfilling and it kind of brings me back to like how I first started. And it, there is struggle there. There was struggle for me, at least that starting out, it was, um, you know, like a lot of trials and errors, but I think eventually you grow and you kind of learn what you like and you learn to just find new things and you see what works for you. And so that's, um, that's kind of like my story of how I started with UX design and some of the things that I I have I went through and these are just my experiences. I think it's going to differ from, from person to person, but that's essentially how I kind of got started in UX was just a bit of um dabbling around and trying new things and I think networking and freelancing really kind of pushed me to a different level, so I think that's always helpful I think when you're starting out just to kind of learn some new skills that will be helpful for you in the future 
and make the make the connections because you never know like some of my freelance projects i got from like connections from places i've worked or friends or people i might have met at meetups so you never know so i think just kind of setting the grounds and maybe even down the future they might ask for some help so that's kind of my story um were there any questions do we have any questions for Candace? By the way, thank you so much for speaking, Candace. That was awesome. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Sorry, it's a bit short on my end. Yeah, it's okay. I thought it was really important to mention, you know, how long it took to get your first job, especially if you're moving abroad and stuff, because there's just so many complexities of like adapting to a new place. Um, but yeah i mean we've had some members here that were like very very stressed out in a bad place in their mental health and yeah. we tried to help them understand like hey you know what this this process of getting your first job could take a little bit more than a year sometimes people you know don't get their first job in ux for a very long time so yeah to mention that there were like stops in between is also important to know it's completely normal everyone goes through it um but nonetheless um thank you for speaking i i wish i could say a lot more um in terms of questions but i have a bit of a scratchy throat i think i got covid oh no yeah. Oh, sorry to hear. yeah no like for sure i'll just jump on that part um mm -hmm. yeah i think the from coming from school or um you know, if you want to make a clear change and mm -hmm. go to UX, there is a gap period, mm -hmm. maybe depending. Um, so like I said, my first job was in graphic design for something that I didn't actually think I would be doing, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, and, and it's okay. Like, like even for me, like I even told my boss that I want to redesign the website. At least that way I can get that practice. So maybe, you can do something like that where at least you're still honing in on some UX design practices. So you can ask like your employer if they, if you're able to, you know, maybe redesign a page or two. Mm -hmm. And it could even just be for practice. Like it doesn't have to be real just mm -hmm. to kind of get that experience. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, by the way, just a quick checkup. Uh, is everyone's audio okay? Are you able to hear Candice and me speak? Yes. Okay, okay. I'm hearing it now. Okay. Um, not Great. sure how long the audio was out. I heard it was perfectly fine. Um, it could be connection issues. I don't know. But is, uh, do you have any questions about what was said? Do you want Candace to maybe repeat some things that you missed? I, I have a question for Candace. This is Nicole. Yeah. Can you guys hear me? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. Hi. Uh, thanks so much. Candace for your presentation. I'm actually a career foundry student, so it's great to hear from somebody who's serving as a mentor. But um, so I'm switching careers with UX and I'm wondering how important is it to know the tools inside and out, like Figma and Sketch and all those things, like when you're getting your first job, or is it more about your portfolio and being able to talk about what experiences you've had thus far. Um, yeah. Sure. Like um, how important are they? Yeah, I, I do think they are important. I don't think you need to know like at this moment, like advanced level, but I do think you should at least know the basics. 
and your portfolio will definitely be the thing you know recruiters will look at and so really uh, finesse your portfolio as best as you can and so um, with Figma learn learn as you go it also depends like when you when you do like UX design like the visual UX UI will need the Figma knowledge a bit more if you're doing UX research you might not need it as much I still think it's important to know and have the basics but um, it really depends where you want to specialize in as well right okay thank you yeah no problem hello yeah Dan hey yeah um thank you that was awesome super inspiring that was uh, amazing to see you kind of put a, a like double challenge for yourself moving to different countries and having the like cultural and job <laughs> being new uh, thanks um can you tell me a little bit how you started um mentoring with career foundry and kind of what you've you've learned at starting that sure um so when i came back to toronto it's i was kind of looking for a job and i already knew career foundry through one of my old co-workers from fluid designs took that course and she raved about career foundry a lot so i already at the back of my head knew what it was and it had a good reputation in my head um so i think i saw someone post on a slack channel actually that they were hiring so i i messaged them and um everything went smoothly i i got the job and i started almost two years ago and so it's been really fulfilling i'm learning a lot and just kind of teaching students and understanding their perspective as well because i think that's really important is just kind of understanding that people come from very different backgrounds so i'll be honest like a lot of my students are from they're coming from different backgrounds so it's it's in a different perspective so they're not coming out of school they're coming from like a different career path so i'm kind of pivot that kind of you know perspective and just trying to teach them as they go and seeing what their strengths are, where the weaknesses are, and just trying to help them to craft their portfolio to make sure they're ready to apply for jobs and seeing what kind of job they want as well. Cause I think that's important, right? Like I want to make sure they like what they do. Mm -hmm. That sounds does that, fun. Does that yeah. answer your question or I'm I, I probably have a billion more questions because I'm super excited about mentorship, but uh, yeah, that, that, that sounds exciting. Thank you. And yes, it, I love hearing that part of it is, um, yeah, really just helping people find their, their niche or what they're into because that is a big part of the, big part of the struggle initially. Exactly. Like, I, I always believe, like, you should be passionate about what you do. Um, and that should come, I don't want to say it comes first, but I think it should flood through, right? Like it should be a part of your day to day. Like you should enjoy what you do. Yeah, love it. Thank you. Isn't there a saying yeah. that goes, um, 
if you love your job and you never have to work a day of your life sort of like that yes exactly <laughs> that's how i feel it's mm-hmm. like exactly that mm-hmm. um do we have any more questions for candace Um, we still got time, so I'm gonna say, um, for those of you, uh, of you out there, whether they're part of this discussion, whether they're watching the recap, I just want to ask this question so that other people can, can learn. But what do you think the greatest challenge is in, um, becoming a mentor? Like, uh, can you explain what the challenges were for you, at least, when you started to become a mentor? Yeah, I think I a bit of like the imposter syndrome can't mm. kicked in because I'm like, am I at that level to be a mentor even, right? Like, and it it took a while. And as a mentor, you're also teaching, and I didn't have that kind of. I had some guiding with graphic designers, but it's a very different type of teaching, right? So, um, I I had to kind of do a bit of like trial and error again, and just kind of see what worked and what didn't work and i i would ask like students feedback as well like you can be honest like let me know if i'm doing anything wrong or if you want more clarifications um things like that that like i just want to improve myself right for you so Mm -hmm. it's it's it goes both ways right um so it it took a while but once you kind of get the ball rolling i think it got better and i got more confidence and more um comfortable teaching and guiding and just overall just being more knowledgeable as well mm-hmm. and keep in mind like something that the students ask like i don't even know like sometimes i'm doing my research as well like mm-hmm. you know like all mentors sometimes we have to like do research as well and sometimes we don't know like everything either so mm-hmm. um and there's so that there's a lot to learn as a mentor as well like it, it's once again it goes both ways like i learn a lot from my students and hopefully vice versa they learn a lot from me mm-hmm. and so i think it's a very fulfilling kind of um dynamic there oh yeah true yeah and about what you said about um imposter syndrome i think that is so common especially for people uh, who are switching careers there's always that feeling of like don't know enough but i definitely have that feeling starting this community um you know i got started trying to learn discord all in one go i didn't know exactly how it worked and every time that i ran my first or second event i'd always be asking everyone like do you have any feedback please tell me to be better right so yeah i definitely have that that anxiety of like i don't want to let people down but i think your brain kind of changes and this is something that uh, a friend of a friend of mine told me was just that as soon as you go into a threatening situation you feel anxious and stuff like that go through it because then once you go through the stressful situation you're more or less teaching your brain to recover from stress right so if you have any kind of anxiety or whatever the more you challenge yourself the more you put yourself in a position to be challenged and to prove yourself then you actually start to feel better and that feeling of like oh i'm not smart enough to say anything kind of goes away because you'll be more or less like um in the middle you don't see yourself as knowing too much or too little. You're kind of accepting things as they are. And you go through the, the challenges, like like I said, repeatedly. So it becomes less scary. But yeah, yeah. for sure. 100%. I think the first few times is always going to be like a bit scarier. But yeah. once you kind of 
get that momentum going, it becomes naturally easier yeah. and you, you become more confident. Exactly. And then you can start learning your own like tactics, right? Like you start figuring out what you're good at and then you kind of just hone in on that. And like, I listen to like some of my voice recordings and you kind of, mm -hmm. you pick out what, what's working and what's mm -hmm. not and you mm -hmm. try to fix it for the next time. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's perfect advice. Also, um, not sure if anyone is aware of it, but um, when you went to Australia, did you go there uh, with the swap program for visas? The working holiday visa? The working holiday. Yeah, I think that's is that what it's called. Yeah, swap. the working, hol yeah. working visa holidays. Yeah, yeah. So I did that for the UK. So it's sort of similar, but people didn't know this. Even if you're in Europe or whatever, you could either like go to like North America, Canada, and come here and like work for a couple of years so that's what i did that's how i got some experience in the uk uh, it was sort of like on a whim i'm like ah yeah. i'm gonna finish school later and i'm gonna go straight to the uk very risky but made a huge difference in my career so i do i don't regret it um one bit so i understand and can relate with you with your need to go to australia it's like sometimes you just have to go and then yeah, you'll make like, it work sometimes out sometimes you just gotta do it right yeah <laughs> So, yeah, any more questions or uh, comments? Sorry, I have to cough. <coughs> oh. Ugh. I'm not feeling well today, but I am good. I'm still here. My lungs are still here. <laughs> Did I hear? I think, I think... Yeah, get some rest. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. After this, I'm gonna go right to sleep. I think you, new man? Um, I think he has something to say, but I can't hear him. Can anyone else hear him? I can't seem no. to hear him. Um, is the volume maybe? No. Yeah. Um, I I turned yeah. up his volume all the way. I can't hear him. Uh, do you want to try chatting? Use the text chat, Newman. Maybe we can help you out. Nothing. Hello. Oh yes, we can hear you, but you're very quiet. There? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, that's much better. Thank Hi, you. how are you? Good, how are you? Fine, thank you. Nice to meet you. Well, um, well, um, I'm just starting in, in the UX world. I'm just finishing my first case of study. So what I want to ask you is, um, uh, what, what did you, I mean, what was your path in when when you was a beginner? I mean, in the not I mean in a technical way. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, what what do you choose to 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 learn first? Uh, I chose so I guess by default I was more on the, the visual side just because I had that graphic design skill. So. I was better actually on the UI side of things, but I wanted to hone in on the UX. And so um, my first job with Fluid Designs, I had to really brush up on the UX side of things. So more research, more um, heuristic evaluations, more some personas. So just kind of merging both of those and getting the UX UI field. Um, so, and in terms of, coding and like the very technical stuff 
I already had a little background from school, so I kind of understand like the HTML and CSS. Um, I'm not great at it. I'm not a coder, but I can at least talk to developers. So um, once in a while, I read up on like that aspect of coding just to kind of brush up. But the UX and UI side, I feel like I had to learn on the job. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, that's always an interesting question, like how much code uh, a designer needs to know. Because, I don't know, every job is a little bit different. Sometimes you look at the right. job title and it says UX UI designer, and then when you read the description, it sounds like they want a front-end developer. Sometimes it's a little bit confusing. So, yeah, not every UX job, um, I guess, will require you to know a lot of code, but it's good to know that if you don't know code, there's options. <laughs> I definitely yeah, worry about sure. that. I I don't think um, UX designers should know code in the sense that that's a lot to know, right? Like you're yeah. doing UX, maybe you're doing UI, and no code, that's like a unicorn. You know that like sometimes it's better to focus on one thing mm -hmm. and be good at that. Mm -hmm. um, it's good to know, I think, is at least have the basics and be able to talk to developers. But if you do know it, of course, it's like an advantage. Um, but really figure out what you, you really like to do and hone in on that. Okay. Um, do you have any recommended books that we should um, read? So I've, I've read, I follow Chris Doe a lot, like religiously. Yeah, and it's not cool. specifically UX. It's kind of like a business side of things as well. Yeah. Um, so I do like his books in that he's very no nonsense and like he'll tell it as it is kind of mantra. Mm -hmm. um, but I do like his approach to like certain things. So when I started freelancing, I changed my whole freelance um, kind of price structure and the way I kind of thought about things to to see how he he does it. And so from that, I was like, you know what? He's so smart. Like I should have been doing this like a while ago. So um, I would recommend his book. Just it, it was more like a business side of like shaping you as like a business person. Yeah, because that's one thing that I hear um, just a lot of recruiters and senior designers talk about on LinkedIn. They often talk about the need of like business skills for like uh, junior UX designers and it's like there is a lot of need to know everything in UX like you have to understand a little bit of psychology a little bit of business right. a little bit of a visual design all that stuff it seems like a lot to care uh, to, to like for one person to absorb and to be skilled at in all of these areas equally so yeah the other book is like mm -hmm. the design of everyday things I think it's mm -hmm. a very popular UX book mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, by Don Norman. Mm -hmm. I've heard of that book. In fact, it's I found... good. It... Mm -hmm. Go on. It's good. I think it was just, um, it kind of helps you kind of put things like real life perspective of like how important UX is to people. And so they give like real examples, like, you know, the push and the pull door, like, mm -hmm. you know, things could be simpler. Like sometimes things are not as intuitive as you think. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's a good perspective i think he draws on that yeah um who was that who was that in the voice chat bakalu hello bakalu 
Okay. <laughs> I thought someone wanted to uh, talk. Um, alrighty. So, <clears throat> sorry for my sore throat and my, like, barely audible voice. I hope everyone can hear me. Um, but yeah, this has been great. I don't know. Does anyone have any, uh, any final questions or some, something they'd like to say or share with, uh, Candace before we wrap this up? Thank you. That was fun to hear your perseverance and story. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, and thank you for letting me share my story. I think it was wonderful to kind of put my story out there and hopefully <laughs> get, you know, you guys get some inspiration or, um, you know, some wise words from me, hopefully. Absolutely. And um, how can we follow you if you got like social media accounts? Oh, yes. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's just Candice Yee. Um, I, I don't use Instagram too much, but my Twitter mm -hmm. is at Candice Yee. Okay. No hyphens, no spaces, just Candice Yee? No hyphens, yeah. Just oh, Candice Yee. Oh, you're lucky. Because like, every time I have to make like a, a unique username, I have to put like a bunch of numbers and letters in it. Like My name is just not original. Melanie. Too many. <laughs> too, too many, many Melanies. Melanies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, anywho, I think that's it for today. Um, again, don't feel shy. You could reach out to Candice on LinkedIn. Yeah, for sure. Reach out. Um, reach out, connect. If you have any questions, mm -hmm. um, feel free to drop me a message mm -hmm. if you want. Alrighty. Um, I'm going to call it a night. I, I need some rest. <laughs> we got another oh, yeah. talk tomorrow, uh, this time with Daria. She's also a member of our server. She's been here for a while since the beginning. And yeah, she'll be talking with us at 4 p.m. Ireland time. So that'll be around like 11 a.m. Eastern time. So yeah, some of you in the Pacific time zone, that would be like way that you'd be like in the middle of the night. So yeah, <laughs> 11 a.m. Eastern would be about like um, 7 a.m. ish, I think six or seven. 8 a.m. Oh, Pacific. okay, okay, 8 a.m. Okay, got it. So if you're up, um, if you're an early riser, then please join us. Anywho, um, have a good night, everyone. Thank See you, you tomorrow. So much. Have, take care, guys. Thank you. Bye bye. Well. Thank good you. Night. Bye. Bye. This concludes our episode. Thanks for listening. Want to learn more about the Collective Studio? Go to our website at tcstudio.cc.